All you other mixed people out there, you need to start being honest with your anti-blackness and anti-other marginalized identities. (laughs) Didn't even rhyme. And I'm Yasmin. And, and this, this is the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back. So, this week we're talking about forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah, and I think that this topic, I kind of just want this topic to be more of a conversation. So, if you're listening, feel free to respond. Yeah, please. We really want to interact with you guys more. So Mm -hmm. comment on our Instagram posts. You can message us on Facebook, message us on Instagram. You can even submit like a comment or something on our website at themixedfeelingspodcast.com. Yeah, track us down in a very healthy way. Yes, in a very healthy way, please. Oh, should we also let the people know about an upcoming event? Yeah, well, this one, this episode is going to come out the 6th. Yeah, so So this Saturday... (laughs) This Saturday, we'll be at the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble! Yes, it's going to be an event that showcases lots of uh, music artists, visual artists. Um, It'll just be like a really nice creative space to promote, you know, kind of underground, grimy rappers. Just kidding. (laughs) They're only grimy if they're in London. Yeah. And it'll be really awesome because it's going to be on Saturday from 6 to 10 and we'll be there. Yes, we're going to be interviewing music artists, visual artists. We're going to get the lowdown for you guys. So please tune into that episode as well. Yeah, or come stop by and like say hi in person. Yeah, it's going to be at the Poor House downtown. So please come through. It is 18 plus, uh, $15 at the door, $10 presale. And I do just want to make a note that this is in Minneapolis. Uh, we got a lot of listeners in the Bronx. Oh. Yeah. I haven't so, even checked hey, our stats lately. We see you over there. Yes. Shout out to y'all. I know. Um, so, yeah. We want to see you there. We definitely want to see you there. Back to our topic. <laughs> Forgiveness. We'll forgive you if you don't show up. Or will we? <laughs> I don't know. Will we? Let's, let's figure it out by the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, I really wanted to talk about this because I think... Now, this, this is a topic that transcends age, mm. and we have a lot of listeners from all different age groups, Yeah, um, and that's why I really want to talk about this, because I know a lot of people older and younger than me that I think could really benefit from kind of taking a look at their current relationships and their past relationships and how to move forward, how to go beyond where they're currently at. Yes, that is so true. And I think that forgiveness is such a good skill to have just to kind of let yourself go, like let, let things off of your chest and be free, you know, be free. You're doing it for yourself, not really for the other person. Cause if you're forgiving someone for someone else, then it's not really forgiveness. That's such a good distinction, such a good distinction, because I think we're at a space now where people feel obligated to forgive people because of that other person. Yeah. And that's not a real forgiveness because that's coming solely to make that person feel better. And it's not really benefiting you because at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to bed by yourself. Mm. 
you got to do what you got to do to have the most peace that you can possibly have. Let's talk about like kind of what the like the stages of forgiveness looks like, right? So there's first someone who commits a wrongdoing, right? An action is done. An action is done. So that could be like someone calls you a bitch, right? Yeah. Mm. Like that's that's on one end of the spectrum, but it can all it can go all the way to like someone murdered your family or even like years of wrongdoing. Right. right. Like maybe just like a lot of things have, have built up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like there's so many simmer. different ways. Okay. So those yeah. are, that's, that's how this starts, right? Yeah. So something happens to you, something that you do not like, you feel attacked or hurt. Right. And, um, where do you go from there? I think a lot of us, um, initially feel some type of way and that process can, can look different for everybody. And that can take a different amount of time for everybody too. Right. Like, I'm one of those people I really retreat mm. when I'm hurt. I close myself off from that person right away. But I know some people that, you know, it might hurt them more to close themselves off from that. Yeah. Yeah, that is really true. So what's the next stage? I'd say the next stage is, like, facing it. Yes. Facing it. And really, like, it. it's like a more painful phase, right, where you really have to, like, Accept the fact that the wrongdoing was done to you and it's yours. You have to own it. That doesn't mean you have to carry it with you everywhere, but you do have to own it. Like that happened to you. Yes. And do some research. Why did that happen? And I think it's really good to be objective when you're doing this process because I think a lot of us don't hold ourselves accountable for things, oh. especially when things are done to us. That's true. Because mm-hmm. I've heard this from, from someone close to me. It's like, even if it's not your fault what happened to you, you still have to be responsible for it. Even though you aren't the one who caused this wrongdoing, you have to deal with it. You have to pick up the pieces because it's your life. No one else is going to fix the wrongdoings that were done to you. That doesn't mean that you, know, you have to punish yourself for the wrongdoings that were done to you, but it does mean you have to pick yourself up. Exactly. And those next steps are super important. And we can't get there if we're not thinking, why did this happen? Why did it actually happen? And how did I play a role in this happening? Now, I want to do a small little caveat. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a a beautiful line between holding yourself accountable and victim blaming. Yes. Um, And I think... Draw that line. Draw that line. Because we're, we're in this space in society, right, where... People think that if you are challenging something or critiquing something or evaluating something, those are all the same words, um, (laughs) that it can go into the territory of victim blaming, which is important to not do to yourself and not do to other people because that's a whole different type of thing. Um, Victim blaming is essentially just not, not looking at things objectively and not looking at the facts. It's just looking at, oh, you're complaining about this that's happening to you and you should just shut up about it. Right, like a tangible example could be um, someone who is like sexually assaulted at a party, right, who may have been drugged. So holding yourself accountable is like, I, I went to that party, I was around this person, and I feel like victim blaming is like, I shouldn't have worn this skirt, I shouldn't have drank this much, I shouldn't have 
X, Y, Z, but it's more like you just have to recognize, okay, this is exactly what happened. This is what led me to this position. And this is how I'm going to make sure that that never happens to me again. It's more like being proactive, you know, when you're being accountable, you're like, I'm not going to allow this to happen to me. So I'm going to retrace my steps so Mm -hmm. that I never take that path again. Right. And not necessarily faulting yourself for things that aren't your fault. Yeah. You can't beat yourself up about it because at the end of the day, no one should be sexually assaulted. Exactly. And it's not your fault. No, because that horrible person did that to you. Yes. And it's horrible. And it's Honestly, it's really deeply psychological for that person. It is not you. Not you. You didn't do anything wrong, or maybe you did do something wrong, but that's not even the point. (laughs) That's not your burden. That's not your burden. Your burden is, how can I move forward in a healthy way? And that's why we're having this episode on forgiveness, because I think a lot of the times people are like, oh, just forgive them. Mm -hmm. Just forgive them, and then you can move on. But forgiveness ain't so easy. It's not that easy, people. Especially in the instances that you were talking about, about the things that happen over Over and over again. It's like, how can I? How how can you forgive and move on without some things really changing? Mm -hmm. And I think to do that, this next step, right, is action. Action back. You know, it's kind of like physics, like something gets thrown at you and then it gets thrown back. Yes, Um, throw that science Yes, quantum physics. (laughs) Don't play with me, Kaya. (laughs) That's an inside joke. We wanted to, by we, Yasmin wanted to do a podcast episode on quantum physics. I don't know shit about quantum <laughs> physics. I just think it'd be interesting. So yeah, if anybody knows about quantum physics, hit us up because we'd love to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so the next steps are action. And I think part of that is, is setting healthy boundaries for yourself and setting healthy boundaries for the people around you, right? So that that doesn't happen again and you can actually move forward in a productive way. Mm. And that's really hard for people to do apparently. It is. And I think that we just aren't really taught how to set those no. boundaries, right? Cause that's really what it boils down to. Yes. And it, it makes sense actually, because think about it. Like we do have a culture where we victim blame a lot. Mm-hmm. So people already feel like it's their fault for shitty things that happen to them. And then on top of that, there's, Gender dynamics, like we live in a patriarchy, which is really important to bring up. Also, like all these different oppressive circles really play a role in in how we set boundaries because I think if you're a part of any marginalized community, you you do put that blame on yourself. Yeah, and back to like the victim blaming in like our culture, we live in like a very individualistic culture too, where it's like you are accountable and you are responsible for your own success and well-being. So if things don't go right, even if it is systemic, you know, racism or like there are literally laws that are preventing you from being successful, our culture basically makes it feel like it's your fault. Why didn't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? So you have to blame yourself because my dad did it and my granddad did it but your dad didn't, so you guys are lazy. Yep. Or on top of that, like that same token is you have to be um, responsible for what you did. And like I hear all the time, especially from other generations, like, well, that's just something that we've always put up with. So you should put up with that too. Right. And to the ex- to an extent, that is true. Like right. you do have to be responsible for it. Like there are going to be obstacles for me as a woman of color, but my job is to be like, okay, I am predicting these obstacles and I need to figure out how I can get around, jump over them, go Mm -hmm. under them, Mm -hmm. swim between them Mm -hmm. so that I make it to my end goal. Because if I sit and I stop at every obstacle and I like wallow in it and I like can't move forward, 
I'm never going to get to where I want to go. And they're winning. And they're winning. And yes, I will have to work harder than a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that means my work is worth more. Yes. And okay, this is like a little bit of digression, but not really. So stick with me. Um, I think too, like I am just one of those people that really gets frustrated when I see like a subculture so comfortable in such toxic behavior. I cannot, I literally feel myself, my physical you said being. A subculture? Yes. Like what? What subculture? Like middle-aged white women going to a group fitness class. Is that a subculture? I feel like that's like mainstream. <laughs> I feel like subcultures are like furries. And subcultures are like Have Minecraft you been in these people. group fitness classes though? It's like, oh my God. It's like you step into a video game. Like literally, it feels Break it like, down for me. yeah, it feels like Call of Duty. Um, and I'm the main character, obviously, because it's my life. And the white women in the fitness class are like the ones that are trying to like eat my brains out and I have to like survive the fitness class how many kill shots do you make zero oh god well you're pretty (laughs) bad at the game that's why we're having this episode you know what you have to do since you're the like instructor as soon as someone is like throwing shots at you you need to up the routine so that they get exhausted you need to be like come on come on come on kick 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 and then all of a sudden they're gonna pass out and you win okay well that's a good point the people that go to my group fitness classes, because I know y'all are listening, thank you so much, you love me, which is really awesome. The people that go to my group fitness classes are dope-ass people, like, which makes a lot of sense because you really go to the instructor because of that instructor, and so then you're all kind of like-minded people. But when I go to group fitness classes and I'm just there participating amongst a sea of 45-year-old white women. Oh, so you're not saying when you're instructing. No. You're saying when you are participating. Participating. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, how are you letting them win oh, no. and you're the instructor? Oh, no. That just don't make no sense. They don't go to my I've got cool people that go. But anyway, so it's also like part of that boundary seeking is being like, am I going to let this continue or am I going to find another space so that I don't have to walk through this all the time? Or am I going to actually do something about this, this group of people, this one person, this whatever it is? Maybe it's a work setting. Maybe it's, and I think it's, that's where it's like the objectivity is really important here because you have to re- like really figure out how you want to exist from this point forward. Where do you want to see yourself? So what does like setting boundaries look like tangibly? Like it's really easy to be like, I'm not going to allow people to do this to me, oh, but yeah. how do you make sure that that happens. And that's really, really tough. And I think, like, a lot of people tell me all the time that I have really high standards, too high of standards. <laughs> and I laugh, too. Because I, I think that we're taught to that having high standards is a bad thing, which I think is really unfortunate. Because I look around and I see all the joy that I have from the relationships that I have. And I hear so many other people around me complaining about their relationships that they're in. And so setting those boundaries is part of that. It's the ground ground floor of any relationship. Like yeah. the moment that I meet somebody, I can tell right away if we're going to be friends because I'm already setting boundaries. And if they're not okay with those boundaries, then we're not going to become friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. That's yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel that too in my relationships. Like if you wrong me, then I need to usually like kind of step back and like communicate. Okay. This is what you did to me. 
and this is what you're never going to do to me again. Otherwise, we can't be in each other's lives. Yeah. I'm not really big into, like, the cancel culture, like, cutting people off kind of thing. Unless you really need to cut somebody off. Because, like, sometimes that is your only option. But, like, I want to talk to you. I want to work on stuff. I don't want to just exclude you from my life so easily. I don't want to just give up. But I also have to think about myself. I can't let you repeat behavior. Right. Because when I see repeated behavior, when I see patterns, that's when I'm like, okay, look. You kind of, you kind of crooked. And at some point, if you're not trying to change that, it, you almost become a volunteer. Yeah. You almost do. Yeah. You're walking into your own abuse. Yeah. And, and that's really normalized because I think a lot of people are like, oh, but they're not abusive. So, so it's fine. And it's like, yeah, they may not be hitting you or like physically abusing you or even emotionally abusing you, but they're continuing to do these things that really have an impact on you. They're harming you. Yeah. That I I think it's very valid to be like, you know what, this is not healthy relationship and Mm -hmm. I need to take a step back and set some boundaries to, to see if this could work out in a better way. Mm -hmm. But in all like honesty, I've had a lot of relationships that I have cut, cut out. And, and when you cut those out, like, how did you do that? Was it like a one and done? Like, we're not talking anymore. Or did you like, oh, you laughing. That's exactly what you're asking. <laughs> okay. Let me give some context though. I feel like I'm a person who I don't just half ass anything, no, let alone relationships. Don't. I'm like 110% of me. And I'll be very honest if I can't give you 110% of me. That's so true about you. Thank you. Good for you for knowing that. Thanks. Well, I I really had to learn that and like put vocabulary to that about myself Mm. because even just like looking back at even friendships from like middle school, high school, I was like, why, why do I feel like I'm always getting taken advantage of? Like, why do I feel like everything that I put forth in this relationship is not being reciprocated? And to be honest, that still happens to me quite often where people really take advantage of the fact that I'm a 110% bitch. Like, I will do whatever you need me to do. I'll put all of me in front of you because I, I really care about meaningful relationships. So then on that token, when people are abusing that, then I'm like, this can't work. Do you, like, express that to them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. People know 100% when I'm exhausted because... Because my relationships are like this, when they become toxic, it is because I am so exhausted from that relationship because I continue to give all of me that I become empty. I'm just like a shell. Mm. And so yeah. then it's like, this this can't work. Right. Because you're going to kill me. Like, yeah. I feel myself deteriorating in front of you. Wow. And I have to cut it. I have to cut it or else I will die. Yeah. And that's totally cool because you communicated. You're like, okay, look. This is what my expectations are out of this relationship, this friendship, this whatever it is. And if you're not meeting those expectations for me to feel healthy, comfortable, thriving, if you're not adding to my life, you're only subtracting, it's just not, it's it's not not it. And like, for me, I usually give people the opportunity to like, right their wrongs. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. And if they don't right their wrongs, I don't have a problem being like, you know what? Whatever. So I do believe in second chances, yeah. which not everybody does. And that's definitely, you know, your call if mm-hmm. you believe in second chances or not. But I do think you need to communicate yeah. exactly what people did wrong before yeah. you just end stuff. Because this cancel culture stuff, well, we can't be doing that. We give up so quick on people. 
you know, you, if we don't give people an opportunity to redeem themselves, we are all destined to continue to make the same mistakes that we have always made, you know? It's so easy to do that, too, on social media, which I think really adds to that. Like, it's so easy. Actually, it's... I actually think it's really hard, though, at the same time, for people to block people. Sometimes people are a little, like, too quick to press that block button. Right, and then they unblock it. Yeah. And then they block it. And then they block it. And, and then, then they, they unblock, unblock it. it. Like, our current president. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but... I think that some people really actually need to block people. Sometimes, yeah. Block I've had to them. block somebody. I don't, I'm not a blocker. I usually don't block people because I feel like, I don't know, it's never that serious for me. But one time it was that serious for yeah. me. I needed to block somebody. And my life went forward. It went so much like, better yeah. after I blocked that person because I didn't want to talk. You know, It didn't matter what they had to say at that point. Like, Don't talk to me. And I expressed exactly why I didn't want to talk, you know? So you just got to block them. You got to cut them off. Because that's the other thing. Not everyone deserves access to you at all times of the day. Like, that is your phone. You don't have to answer it. (laughs) You don't. And that brings me to also is that I think that people, well, what I've learned. And this is just, remember, this is our podcast. So take whatever you want to take with a grain of salt. This is what I've learned about myself. I love how we have to give people permission. I know. (laughs) Well, because sometimes, too, like, people really just, like, listen to what people are saying and then just, like, kind of take that. That's true. I'd be doing that. As truth. Yeah. I catch myself doing that, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, I've learned for me, I need to, no matter what, even if I bring these people back into my life, I need to cut and do, like, a healthy, we got to make a clean slate. Because all of that stuff that was going on was so bad for me that... I can't ignore all that bad stuff unless I literally wipe it clean. Mm-hmm. So part of that is being like, hey, I need some space from you, and I'm going to do that by unfollowing you from social media, no longer answering your phone calls, no longer responding to your texts, and then maybe once I actually get to the forgiveness step, then I can reevaluate, hey, is this somebody who I think could still add to my livelihood? Yeah, and, like, when you're on the receiving end of that, like, if you've been the person that's committing toxic behavior, Mm -hmm. you need to, like, own that. Yes. You really need to own that and give whoever you have been hurting that space and that time to decide if if they want you back in their lives, you know? And it's very unselfish to do that, and it's very difficult. Anything that's unselfish is very difficult to do, but that's something that you need to do for your own personal development and growth because... You can't just be out here damaging people. Like, there's no. too much wrong with the world, and people have too many things to worry about, too many bills to pay yep. for you to stress them out more than they already are. That's the thing. I've also learned about myself that sometimes I cut people out, not because of me, but for them, mm. where I realize I am not the right person to be in your life. You know? Yeah. We're not for everyone. We're not. And if I'm stressing you out because of my words or whatever it is, then I am like, then I'm going to cut it because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be contributing that to you. Right. You know, on the same note, because, because we went through that objective research phase of this forgiveness passage where I was like, yeah, I did say some pretty whack stuff or yeah, I, I am a little much sometimes, (laughs) sometimes just like only 1% of the time I'm a little much. Right, 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 Right. 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 But I know that about myself. Like, Hey, not everybody can handle this. No, and that's so true. And also, like, just to add that n- no relationship is going to be easy no. all the time. Nothing is going to 
like sail smoothly 100% of the time. People break down, okay? People have bad days. <laughs> yes. People wake up looking a hot mess yeah. and you have to still love them or you have to give them space. But at the end of the day, communicate. That's, here's a great example of our beautiful relationship. Like the other day, I was like, hey, I've had a crappy week. Could you please carry a little bit of my load for me? Yeah. What'd you say? I said, yeah, girl, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yes, because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have your friends back. Yes. And instead of me just keeping that quiet and being a shitty friend, right? Because I feel like a lot of the times people go through stuff and they don't say anything. And so then their behaviors, right, are reflective of their crappy time. Mm-hmm. And then that also hurts their friends because they don't know. Yeah. And so you've got to be honest. Like, hey, I'm kind of going through a hard time just for this day. And then I'll get my crap back together tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And I think it's almost easier to get your stuff together when you know that you have people who've got your back. And in order to do that, you have to build relationships from the ground up with boundaries. With boundaries. And then you can go on to the forgiveness step. So this is where we're at now. Yes, talk about it. Forgiveness step. First, you need to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for the things that you did do and be compassionate. You know, take all of the factors into that equation of why did I do this? Why did I say this? Why did I, you know, go about it this way? And then forgive yourself for that because we've all evolved. And I definitely, I think you also too, right? Like we believe that people can change. Yeah. A hundred percent based off of life. Should I change? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm still the same. Right. But you know, parts of me change. Like my ideas change. Yeah. The way I communicate with people change. I used Mm -hmm. to be crazy. (laughs) I used to be crazy. I used to be a conformist. What? Uh, oh, wow. That's yeah. real. Well, that's real, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why? I have to really forgive myself for the relationships I had as a child because I was trying to conform based off of my circumstance. Oh, my God. And that's I a big challenge. That. I still feel that. Yeah. And then, and then forgiving the people in that situation, right? Like, I can now say, yeah, I forgive Ashley C. and Hannah J. for, you know, the things that they said to me growing up. Because I forgive the way that I was, was a being in that time space, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely, you know, wanted to relax my curls. And I also, you know, was telling people I was a quarter black. Oh, wow. You just dropped we... some shit. Okay, but this is funny. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day with a couple other people. But, like, how black families be out here, like, so you know that we're we're not actually fully black because we were raped on the on the plantation and we're also a little bit of native, so you know. So then my like little seven year old self is like, so then I guess I'm not like a half and half. I guess I'm not half black, half white because my black side says that we're not fully black. So I guess so maybe I'm just true. a quarter because I don't oh, really so know you math. Did your own math. Yeah, yeah. Because like I did the ancestry DNA. Test, oh, you did. And, yeah, and I'm all of the, that. Yeah, you definitely should. Yeah. And all of those things are true that you said about you know like being raped yeah. and having native in you. I have one percent native. Okay, your um, great grandma was right. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna claim that. <laughs> um, I I don't live that. Um, and then I'm sixty percent white. Oh wow! See, see. Yes, and I can pretty much figure it out by like deductive reasoning that like the slave owners of my family were British, mm-hmm. um, which is why my last name is Butler. Butler. <laughs> and yeah, and so on that side, there's a little huh. bit of little white in there. Yeah. So, I mean, we all knew that our grandmas were speaking truth. Yes. But my little tiny brain 
couldn't do math that well. Right, so, right, right. so I have to forgive myself <laughs> yes. for saying that stuff. And then, of course, like Ashley C. and Hannah J. are going to feel some type of way about, you know, me saying I'm a quarter black, right? So it's like this whole cycle of being like, I forgive myself. Now I can forgive them because I can look at why they probably are coming at things in a certain way too. Yeah. Because we play a part in stuff. And like also another example on, it's about like something bigger than Ashley C. and Hannah J. But like uh, the truth and reconciliation trial in South Africa, right? Yes. That was all about forgiveness. So basically what would happen is anybody who had committed a crime, like an apartheid crime, would come forward and if they told the entire truth, they would be granted amnesty. But, and everyone's like, oh, that's not fair. They should still go to jail, blah, blah, blah. But do you know how hard it is to tell the truth sometimes? The entire truth. And not only, you're not just telling the truth to the judge. You're telling the truth to victims. You're telling mm-hmm. the truth to the community. Mm-hmm. This is like an entire ordeal, an entire event. There was a, um, a man who beat to death, like a woman, a white woman from America. And her parents came to the truth and reconciliation trial and he had to look them in their eyes and be like hey I did this to your daughter I didn't know that she was you know like a tourist or well actually she wasn't a tourist I think she was like kind of an activist kind of thing so it was pretty complex but the parents forgave this guy there are other like examples of that during the truth and reconciliation trial I really hope I said that correct I hope it was that story that I said correct but there was definitely stories like that where it's like they looked like the parents in the eye and they were like, I murdered your child and they forgave them. Not everybody forgave, you know, some people were like, no, I cannot forgive you. Mm-hmm. You did this to my child. I will never forgive you. And that's fine too. But at the end of the day, you need to put the truth out there. That's like yep. core to forgiveness is yep. the truth needs to come out. The truth shall set you free. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And that's where I think sometimes these relationships get cut off mm-hmm. because people it's way easier. It's so much easier to just be like snip, snip, Right, but like the relief you feel when the whole when you when you either hear the whole truth or when you tell the whole truth, it's you need it, you know? You need it to survive, to carry on. Yeah, you have to unload yourself from all of the burdens because like there have been like secrets that I had held for like a really long time of like my trauma and stuff that I could never like say out loud, but when I finally said it out loud, I was like, "Oh my god, like I told the truth, like I let that out, and now I can move forward." Yeah. Which is why I told everybody that I used to say I was a quarter black. Look, here's proof. Examples are happening. Right, because like you were lying to yourself. I was lying to myself. And I think, here's my just quick, all you other mixed people out there, you need to start being honest with your anti-blackness and anti-other marginalized identities. (laughs) Didn't even rhyme. (laughs) But so true, yes. Sit with your anti-blackness, not just mixed people. Well, actually, especially mixed people. Yeah. I feel like we really suffer from that a lot and internalize it a lot. Mm-hmm. But all people need to deal with their anti-blackness, but especially if you are, like, a black mixed person. Yes. Like, you need to sit with your anti-blackness. And look at it. yourself in the mirror Be while you're talking to yourself. about it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I think that when we can actually forgive, you don't really have to forget, but you don't even have to move, like... You don't have to go back to that person, no. you know, which I think a lot of people will be like, oh, why don't you just forget this person already? And like, then we can all hang out again. And it's like, no. That's selfish. Yeah. My standards are not lowering. Right. And not. also like, even if I forgive you, that doesn't mean you coming back over to my house. Nah. Right. I want to see tangible action steps. Right. Like we got to rebuild the relationship that was shattered. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to take this step by step. Yeah. You can't just like, like one of my posts. 
you know. Right, now we're all of a sudden we're best friends again. Or yeah, like, what? But remember, this transcends age, so <laughs> maybe it's not liking your post, but maybe it's watering your plants or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's what old people do. I don't know. I would love that if somebody watered my plants, actually. That's something you can do, and I'll forgive you. Liar. No, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do that, but... Yes. Yes. I already, just talking about this, feel so much lighter. Okay. If you're one of those people suffering from an unhealthy relationship, find somebody that you can really talk to. Mm-hmm. about that and and really in an honest way because it helps to verbalize you know like all the, all of the truth to that yeah. situation and then you can move forward that's really true yeah and if you need somebody shoot us questions yeah seriously we love to help we love to support mm-hmm. well that's all we've got for you today look for our next one which will be on apologizing yeah how to apologize it's kind of a second part to this one yeah okay okay bye